0: You know what I hear when I ask people how they're doing? I hear some form of this. I'm really busy. I got a lot going on. I don't have a lot of time. You know what's interesting is during the pandemic, when most of our lives have at least physically been slowed down, we can't do the things we once did. Most of us aren't involved in as many activities as we always were. It seems that people still feel busy we still feel overwhelmed. Now, why is that? Why is it that even when our bodies slow down, our minds keep rolling? Well, we live in a very interesting time in history. Cause not only are we facing uh, seemingly insurmountable odds when it comes to a worldwide virus when it comes to incredible tensions socially in our country and across the world but also we have technology that that 30 40 years ago they were saying in articles that the new technologies that were on the horizon would slow our lives down and create much more margin but what we've seen is the opposite Our technology has allowed us to get information 24-7. We tend to know when there's a tragedy that happens across the world, just moments after it takes place. We get video footage of every bad and good thing that happens all over the world. We are living in a culture that's driving us all to the edge. And many of us, if we're honest right now, would say, not only are we busy, but we're tired and we're exhausted. It reminds me of a verse in Job. You remember Job. He was overwhelmed. The situations that were coming into his life were tragic, and they were exhausting. And he cried out an honest statement that I think all of us can relate to. He said this, I am tired. I am without ease. I am without quiet. I am without rest, and more trouble is coming. Some of you may feel that way. As we enter into school starting back and maybe your jobs are going to get rolling again, it seems that uh, the country is trying to open back up, even when there's not a lot of answers uh, to what's going on with the virus. We need to be careful that we don't run at a pace that's unsustainable. We need to be careful that we don't create a life uh, that actually takes the life out of us. I think all of us as Christians know that we are called to shine like lights in the darkness. But the problem is many of us simply are on the edge of burning out. So what we're going to find out during this series is that we were created for more than that. We were created with a certain pace in mind. And the only way we can find it is to go back to the one who made us. To go back to the Bible, to the scriptures, and find out what God created us for and how he created us to live this life. Because what we all need today is a brand new look at rhythm. So when it comes to our lives, the idea of rhythm is so very important. The problem is many of us are dancing to a drum we were never meant to dance to. So we need to figure out, through the help of the Holy Spirit, the truth of the Scriptures, we need to figure out what rhythm we were made for. What drum are we supposed to be dancing to? How are we going to find out the pace that we were created to do life with? And that's what this series is going to be all about. You know, the problem is many of us look at our lives primarily in an external sense. We focus on the things on the outside. Jesus warned the Pharisees in the New Testament about this. He said, you guys, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and and all of us can do this, He said, you focus on the outside of the cup when the inside of the cup is what makes it dirty or clean. And Jesus then said this, He said, clean the inside of the cup and the outside will also be clean. What Jesus was doing was trying to reorient our lives to understand that what's going on inside of us is just as important, in fact, more important, than what's going on outside of us. Uh, But the thing is, we live in a culture that's very externally driven. So what we do is we focus on our career, or we focus on our looks, or we focus on going to the gym and eating good food and make sure we're wearing the right things and that our house is in a great neighborhood and that our car is one that's good to go. And we think and focus and spend a ton of our energy on the external in our lives. The problem with that is the Bible is clear we are people who have both an external physical life and an internal invisible life. In the invisible life, what we'll call our spiritual life, is actually the part of us that makes us who we really are. In both of these areas of our lives, both the spiritual and the physical can be negatively impacted by living life at the wrong pace, living life with the wrong rhythm. And one of the biggest ideas we need to understand as we explore the idea of rhythm in our lives over the next few weeks is that underneath the canopy of rhythm, at the very core of what we need to understand, is the idea of tempo. Tempo. How fast or slow are you going? And when do you need to go fast? And when do you need to go slow? In fact, in in, in the music world, there's this thing called a metronome that tells you how fast and how slow you need to go. We're gonna hear more about that now from a really good friend of mine. He's a part of Three Circle Church, he's a recording artist, and he's just amazing. Now you get to hear about tempo from our good friend, Phil J. Check it out. Uh,
1: tempo is the cornerstone of keeping everyone in tune, in sync with each other. Uh, it, it's, the, it, it's the core, it's, it's the base of rhythm. Uh, if you have no tempo, there's no way to stay on track with anything really. It's just, it's just a bunch of mess. Just no, nothing to keep it in line. Just, tempo is such a, a vital part to having rhythm. Such a vital part. So if you're writing a song at 170 beats per minute, that's a very upbeat, very up-tempo song. So you, it's gonna be very energetic, very lively. If you're slowing go down, like slowing down a song to like 70 beats per minute. It's a song that's meant to kind of relax, to kind of help you meditate. Uh, so varying tempos uh, helps with, with like really trying, with setting a mood, you know. So putting an album together, you have to like really like, it'd be weird to have just an entire track list of just up um, tempo songs. It'd just be really weird, it's like, okay, this, this is energetic, but like I want something I can kind of relax to, you know? And so uh slow like so it, when, when piecing an album together, you have to have those moments in there where it's like, okay, this is a high moment, high high point of the album. But now it with, let's slow it down a bit and let's like really like um, focus on like what's going like it's makes you like a slower tempo just makes you want to like focus on something. Just focus and it's really Think about uh, evaluate. Uh, it uh, makes you just really like just slow down, you know. And so that and that's like the, a key point in creating a great album. Like if you can like alter someone's someone's mood just by you know a, 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 something as simple as simple. tempo. You know that's that's such a powerful thing. You know.
0: So now we understand that our lives are not simply external, but they're internal as well, and the internal is, is of most importance. And we understand now that tempo is a major piece of the rhythm of our lives that we need to understand, we need to guard it, and we need to decide this important question. Who is holding the metronome in your life? The Bible helps us understand in Mark 12:30 about the invisible and the visible external parts of our lives and how one is actually more important than the other. Mark 12:30 says this, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Heart, soul and mind are all invisible parts of you. They are your spiritual person. And then your strength is the external part of your life. It's not that it's not important. It's just that it is not as important as the internal part of your life. And what we understand from Phil J., the idea of tempo, is that whatever tempo you're running at, and whoever is setting that tempo, is absolutely crucial to your life. And not only will you be physically impacted by the metronome, by the tempo, but your internal life is going to be even more dramatically impacted by it. Here's what we're saying at the end of the day. If you're running at an unhealthy pace, if the metronome in your life is not doing the right pace for the right time in your life, it's going to impact you in a very negative way. And most importantly, it's going to be really bad for your heart and your soul and your mind. And when your heart and your soul and your mind aren't good, your physical life's not going to be doing well either. The Bible tells us that we should guard our hearts above all else. For out of our hearts, the invisible part of our lives, all of our life flows. Let's see, you have two hearts. You have a physical heart. You can hear it beating right now, probably. I hope so. And when the Bible talks about your strength, that's a part of that. Your physical heart. But it's your invisible heart that maybe pace and rhythm impacts the most. So today, we need to make sure that we allow God to hold the metronome in our lives. We're gonna to have to decide who is going to set the pace in our lives, and here's the deal. You can't set it for yourself, and if you're not careful, you'll let the wrong people set it. So now, let's talk about the different things in our lives that try to set the tempo for the pace of our lives. <music> So let's talk about a few ways that we can incorrectly in an unhealthy way, allow the tempo of our lives to be set. We are deciding that God needs to be the one to set the tempo. We find that information about the tempo, the metronome of our lives, from the scriptures. But too often, we let other things set that tempo. And the first thing I think often, if we're not careful, we will allow our enemy to actually set the tempo of our lives. Do you know that you have a spiritual enemy? Now, we're not talking about cartoon, hocus-pocus stuff here. We're talking about a very real spiritual enemy. The Bible tells us that we should be Be sober and be vigilant for our adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The Bible warns us that we have a very real enemy. Jesus said this, the thief comes, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. What Jesus was saying is, you're going to have to decide whether he's going to hold the metronome or whether you're going to let the enemy hold the metronome in your life. And if you're not careful, you will let the enemy of your soul, Satan himself, set a pace for your life that is not congruent with the time of life you're in. And you're going to go too fast when you need to be going slower. And you're going to go too slow when you need to be going faster. And the answer to this is to turn the metronome over to Jesus. Secondly, if we're not careful, we will allow cultural expectations to set the tempo of our lives. We live in a culture that has more impact on us than ever in history because the culture has a way of touching our lives in a way that it never has before through technology. So now we get to see what the world is doing in a way that we never could before. We're not isolated in any way. We are very interconnected. So if you're not careful, you will let cultural expectations set the pace. We live in a culture, especially in America, where we are always striving, and we're always wanting more, and we're always needing the next thing. And if you're not careful, that will drive you to a pace that's simply unsustainable that'll be destructive to your soul, to your heart, to your mind, and your physical life. It'll be destructive to those around you. We cannot allow cultural expectations to set the pace and the tempo of our lives. Number three, if we're not careful, we will allow other people, including people we love, will allow other people, family members, friends, to set the tempo of our lives. Now, oftentimes people will set the tempo for your life and they'll do it in an unhealthy way, but they won't mean it. It'll be unintentional. But they can put pressure and expectations on you that simply are not the right thing for your life. This is very important for you to understand. So you're going to have to decide. Are you going to allow your family to hold the metronome? Or are you going to allow Jesus to hold the metronome of your life? Because I, I will tell you this. If you don't allow Jesus to set the pace, the tempo for your life, other people will. They'll be glad to. They'll be glad to tell you how you need to spend your time. They'll be glad to tell you how you need to uh, set the pace and the tempo. And more often than not, people, since they're just humans, even the good ones, will give you the wrong tempo at the wrong time in your life. So we must take the metronome out of other people's hands and put it in the hands of Jesus. And then finally... If you're not careful, you will allow your own personality and your own insecurities and your own background and your own drive to set the tempo for your life. Here's here's an awakening for you today, an epiphany, if you will. You do not need to be the one to set the tempo of your life. I don't need to be the one setting my own tempo because I simply can't do that. I'm not wise enough, not smart enough, not healthy enough to do that. I need Jesus through the Scriptures and the power of the Holy Spirit to set the tempo for my life, and you do as well. So today, we need to decide who is going to hold the metronome for our lives. And we believe that Jesus is the only one worthy and qualified to set the tempo for your life and mine. So as we look at the idea of rhythm, and in particular today we look at the idea of tempo in our lives, Let's go to the New Testament and see a story that we're going to call a tale of two tempos. Two different people that clearly had two different tempos in their lives. And Jesus is going to step into the middle of it, and he's going to help them understand why choosing the right tempo at the right time in your life is so very crucial. If you have your Bibles, your devices, would you go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 10, beginning in verse 38. We're going to look at a tale of two tempos and a tale of two ladies. Martha and Mary. Now, Martha and Mary were really good friends with Jesus. You need to understand that context right out of the gate. This isn't a good person and a bad person. These are two believers in Jesus. These are two people who, just like you and I, have different personalities, different backgrounds, uh, different tempos. They're going at a different pace. And what you're going to find out today is that Martha and Mary clearly are allowing two different sets of metronomes in their lives. Jesus is going to help us choose the right one. Let's read uh, the account account of what happened uh, in uh, the book of Luke, chapter ten, verse thirty eight. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Now you see Mary's tempo, right? She sat at the Lord's feet, listened to his teaching. Verse 40 But Martha, now we get another tempo, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him, Jesus, And said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and you're troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And so, what Jesus gives us here is this incredible account of two different tempos. Now, the first thing I want you to understand here is that at the end, Jesus helps them understand that they are choosing their tempo. He says, Martha, Mary has chosen the right tempo because she has decided in the moment the correct tempo for the right time in her life. So he's also telling Martha that she has chosen the wrong one. Now, right out of the gate, I need to help you understand that Jesus is not saying that serving is a bad thing. Let's look at the context of this. The Bible tells you this is Martha's house. How would you feel if the most important and probably the most popular person of your day was coming to your home? If you're like Martha at all, you want it to be good and nice. And Jesus is not saying that Martha was doing bad things. Watch this. Jesus is saying, and the story is clear, that Martha was doing good things, but doing the wrong things. They were good, they were just wrong. And why were they wrong? Because they were the wrong thing at the wrong time. They were good things, but the timing wasn't right. So let's take a look at what Martha did wrong on this day to help us understand. What did she do uh, that wasn't in line with what Jesus expected in that moment? A few things. There's nothing wrong with serving people. In fact, the Bible tells us throughout that to serve people is a good thing. Jesus even said this. He said, I didn't come into the world to be served. I came to serve. In another place, Jesus said, any of you who wants to be the greatest will have to learn to serve. So Martha is doing things that Jesus said were good things to do. So what went wrong? Well, here's the deal. The first thing is how Martha did what she did. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, you are troubled, you are anxious. Some translations say she is distracted. That's exactly right. In fact, Martha's pace that she was running at was so unsustainable that she had become snappy. She's snappy. She's judgmental. She's judging both her sister Martha, her sister Mary, and she's judging Jesus. This is amazing. Jesus, she believes in him as her Lord and her Savior, and yet The pace she's running at has turned her into a person that I don't think Martha ever intended to be. And it'll do the same to you. Have you ever gotten so exhausted, so tired, so on edge that you were snapping at the very people you love the most? Have you ever regretted the way you treated one of your children? Have you ever regretted the way you snapped at your spouse? I bet Martha regretted this moment for the rest of her life. And she probably didn't realize we were going to be telling her story forever. So Martha not only allowed the unsustainable pace, the distracted, worried pace to make her snappy with her sister by pointing out that she's just sitting there doing nothing, but she also was willing to rebuke Jesus himself. See, here's what will happen. If you're not careful, if you are unhealthy in your own life, you will become an expert on how everyone else should do their life. And you know how this works? If you're unhealthy, if you're running at a pace that's unsustainable, you will try to get others to run at the same unsustainable pace. Because misery loves company. So Martha fails to realize in this moment that it's not what she's doing. It's not getting the food together. It's not making a great space for Jesus. That's a good thing. It's how she was doing it. So I would ask you this question. In your life right now, are you allowing the pace of your life, the tempo of your life, uh, to force you to do things in a bad way, in a snappy way, in an unhealthy way, in an unkind way, even sometimes in an ungodly way? way sometimes we can do the right things good things in the wrong way the second thing we see here is timing timing is important and martha did good things but they were at the wrong time we have to learn to prioritize in our lives according to the time that we have in front of us the moment and i think many of us are allowing the wrong tempo in our lives to create an atmosphere where we miss the most important moments in our lives. Jesus said this to Martha. He said, Martha, and he said it twice, Martha, Martha. That's like not good, right, when your name gets called twice. Jesus is calling Martha out and he says, Mary has chosen the right thing. Why did Mary choose the right thing if both are good? If sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him teach is a good thing, but preparing a meal for people is also a good thing, then why was hers right and Martha's was wrong? Here's why. Because Jesus is never coming back to Martha's house again. Ever. So Martha chose the wrong thing for the time. And this becomes an important thing. This is why we can't set the metronome ourselves. This is why we need the Holy Spirit, the Scriptures, Jesus, to help us understand the moment that we're in in our lives and what is most important then. Notice Jesus says, Martha, there was something more important than the food and the plates and the candles and everything else you did. That's good, but it was wrong at this time because I'm never coming back again. And just let me let me ask you, what moment are you in in your life? Because timing is everything. Like, I have kids still in my house. I'm a dad. Some things just aren't as important to me. I used to get really, really insecure about the fact that my yard didn't look quite as good as the guy down the road. There was this guy that lived down the road from me that had the most beautiful yard ever, and he was always out there working in it, and he would win yard of the month all the time, and I never won it because, you know what? My yard didn't look as good. It's not that my yard looked bad. I mow it, I weed it, eat it, I edge it, but it just didn't look as good as his. And one day I realized that I was trying to prioritize something that's just not as important right now. Do you know why my friend down the road had a beautiful yard? Because he's retired and his kids are not in the house with him. So that is his thing. He can prioritize having the best looking yard in the neighborhood because of the time of his life. That can't be the number one priority for me because I have kids who need me. This is a time in my life where they have to be more of a priority than my yard being the best looking yard in the neighborhood. Now that's just one example of how we must choose the right thing at the right time. How many times have you, like me, have you sat on a couch with a kid next to you or your spouse next to you and you could be talking to them and connecting with them and instead you're on Twitter? Uh, listen, we, we know that technology has its upside, but it has a huge downside. There's incredible scientific studies coming out about how technology is taking us away from things that matter most. And I have missed so many moments because I was too busy. I was worried about something else. Had a device in my hand when I could have been connecting, when I could have been making a better choice. Here's the deal. If you've got kids in the house, you do know that is a finite thing. They're not going to be there forever. Your kid will only be the age they are right now this year. My son's not going to be 14 forever. He's about to be 15. My little girl's only going to be 10 once. She's not going to want me to come outside and shoot basketball with her forever. That time is going to end. It is finite. So I must make choices by the help of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of Scripture to decide what is most important now. And Mary looked around that day somehow and she decided, this is the most important thing I can do is sit and listen to Jesus teach. And she made the right choice because Jesus would never be back in that house teaching like that again. And Martha decided that good things were more important and they ended up being the wrong things. Why? Because of the time. So today we must ask ourselves, are we setting the right tempo for the right time in our lives? What is most important right now in your life? That's what you must focus on. The last thing we see here when it comes to Martha and the choice that she made that Jesus points out was not the right choice is why she made that choice. Okay, Not just how she was in the moment, not just the wrong timing, but it's why she she did it. See, what you and I have to do, like Martha, is we need to evaluate our motivation. We must evaluate why we do what we do. And here's the reason. Because if you lose your why, you will eventually lose your way. Why do you do what you do? Why was Martha doing what she was doing? Well, it's clear that her heart wasn't in the right spot. Literally, she got angry at Jesus. She got angry at Mary. as She is scattered. She is distracted. And I think what we, can, what we can pull out of this story is that Martha wanted to put on a show. That was most important to her. She cared a lot about what others thought. And that is a natural thing. Again, we're not saying Martha's a bad person. What we're saying is, in the moment, she allowed an unsustainable tempo for her life to create a bad atmosphere uh, for her. And so she made a bad choice. She missed out. And Jesus helped her understand that. Martha needed to evaluate her motivation. Why did she need the house to look perfect? Why did she need to impress everyone? Why did she believe Jesus would have wanted her to impress everyone and have a perfect environment instead of listening to Him teach and worshiping Him and being with Him? See, here's the thing. Martha made the mistake that many of us make. I think often, even though we believe the gospel and we believe that it is finished on the cross, I think many of us fail to remember that in our everyday lives. And we think that we need to be doing stuff for Jesus all the time when Jesus often just wants us to be with Him. Remember, the greatest work. Martha had to remember this. You and I have to. The greatest work has already been done. On the cross, Jesus, after completing our uh, redemption, Jesus said those words. It is finished and so we still work but we don't work in a frantic scattered sense the way Martha was we can work with the joy of understanding that the greatest work has already been done we can rest in that and that Jesus sometimes just wants us to be with him and that when we have that choice to just be with Jesus we need to make it we need to be with Jesus so the question is today why are you driving so hard we see what was going on with Martha. What about you? Why do you stay overwhelmed? Why do you overcommit? Why do you overcommit your kids to stuff? What is the motivation? And right now, you, you can justify or you can be honest and ask yourself, why do we drive so hard? Why am I so busy? What is the why? Because listen, if you lose your why, you will lose your way. We must evaluate our motivation. So right now, why don't we just take a moment as we have been challenged by this great story of Martha and Mary. Why don't we take a moment as you listen to this song. I want you to ask yourself, why are you running so hard? Why are you so busy and so overwhelmed? What's the motivation behind what you do? And I want you to ask yourself as you listen to this song and as we worship together. What is the most important thing now in your life? I want you to evaluate the moment you are in with your kids, with your spouse, the time of life you're in and ask yourself this question, am I doing the right things at the right time in my life? So as we sing, as we worship, I want you to ask yourself those questions. So today, as we looked at a tale of two tempos, I think we can all relate to both Martha and Mary. And the truth is, there's going to be times where you make the right choice, like Mary did on that day. There's also going to be times where we're going to be a lot more like Martha, and we're going to get it all wrong. Thankfully, Jesus finished the work that we could have never done. He lived a perfect life. None of us will. So that's why the gospel is so very beautiful for us. We can rest in that. But we should not use it as an excuse. While Jesus accomplished what we never could, we are to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, more and more and more in our lives live at a biblical pace. We're to put the metronome back in God's hands and let Him set the tempo for our lives. It's very important that you don't set it yourself. It's very important that you don't let the world, culture, even those that love you set your tempo. You need to let God set your tempo. You know, during uh, wars a few hundred years ago, like the Revolutionary War and like the Civil War here in the United States, drummers were very important. Very important. Drummers uh, would play a drum at a certain tempo. And it wasn't just to sound cool like on the movies that you see. The drummer was there to set the pace, the tempo, for the forward march of an army. They were trained to do this. And they set the pace... And soldiers did not decide on their own to go their own way. If they did that, they would mess everything up. The soldiers were trained, they were drilled to walk at the pace that the drummer set for them. And the drummer knew how fast or how slow they needed to go according to what the general was telling him to do. So you need to understand that our Heavenly Father has indwelled us with His Spirit. And through the Scriptures and through uh, the leadership of the Spirit, we too can hear the drumbeat, the drumbeat of God in our lives, the metronome clicking. And there's going to be times where God's going to speed up the pace. And if you'll listen to Him, you will go fast when you need to go fast. And other times, God is going to slow down our pace. And if we will listen, we will slow down at the right time. Now that's going to take a lot of maturity. It's going to take us really listening. It's going to take you getting in the scriptures and spending time in prayer. But when you do that, when you spend time consistently in the Word and in prayer and in worship to Jesus, you know what happens? The metronome of God gets louder and louder. It gets more and more clear. We become more focused, less distracted. We become more healthy and less anxious. And and listen, and what happens? is we begin to glorify God more and we begin to flourish more in our lives. Why? Because now we're dancing to the beat of God's drum. And that is the tempo we need for our lives.